Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Thank you for tuning in, uh, wherever you're tuning in at, whether it be Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever that may be. Uh, also, uh, you know, wherever you're tuning in at, if you would, go ahead and subscribe, uh, hit that follow button, whatever is available on that specific place you're listening. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you would, go ahead and Give me that five-star review and, excuse me, five-star rating and review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Now on to the show. For this week's show, of course, we are talking a little bit of fantasy football uh, with uh, the Athletics' Brandon Howard. However, before we get into that, we will have our early hits and, of course, go on and talk about the week that was and the week that's going to be in the AFC South. But first, of course, like always, we have the early hits. Now, Stan Kroenke, those who aren't aware, he's the owner of the Rams. He moved the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles. I know a bunch of people remember that. Well, of course, St. Louis remembers that because they're, you know, the city, I believe, is suing him. And of course, it is, you know, the, the rest of the owners have been drugged into it because, of course, they voted on them to be able to move to Los Angeles. And of course, there is mounting legal fees. <clears throat> At the beginning of this, you know, the legal fees and things like that, Cronky said he would cover the legal fees. Now it comes to a point where he may, he may be trying to back out of it. And other owners are not happy. Reportedly, one of the owners is Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, potentially. That's reportedly, that's not confirmed, but it's reported that he's one of the owners that is not very happy right now with the stance of Mr. Kroenke. It's something to watch, you know, with the emails, with the Washington football team, and now this scenario. Something to watch with the owners, you know, just how much in solidarity they are with each other because, you know, these type of things could rock the boat a little bit more than usual at the ownership level. Definitely something to watch. In other news, of course, the Sean Watson trade talk is still going on. One team that won't be in it will be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, reportedly, uh, it was stated that they will not be pursuing him. Of course, you know, Deshaun Watson does have a no trade clause as well, so he'd have to waive that to go to any team he wanted to anyway. <clears throat> so... Carolina Panthers are off that list. So that leaves Miami, which we know he will waive his no-trade clause. It's just a matter of or how much they want him, do they want him, uh, considering the legal issues, and can they come to some sort of agreement on the compensation. We'll see what happens, but you know it's something to watch as the, the trade deadline vastly approaches. That's been our early hits for the week. I thank you for listening to that. Up next, we'll have a review and a look ahead to the next NFL action in the next week of the NFL.
You're listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. This Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. And as promised, we're going to talk about the week that was and the weeks that week that's coming up. First things first, we got to start off with the Houston Texans. Of course, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins got a shot at their former team, dominated the game. I mean, the Texans only scored five points. Wasn't a very pretty game. You know, one good bit of news is that uh, Tyrod Taylor has been practicing this week. However, uh, speaking to a few, uh, speaking to one source, doesn't look like they're going to go with him this week. They may go with Davis Mills this week. Not sure why, but they may go with Davis Mills. They are playing against the Los Angeles Rams, another NFC West opponent. Boy, oh boy. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why you don't start Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, if it's indeed true, he doesn't start. But apparently they don't want to give themselves the best chance to win. And that's not necessarily good. Of course, you know, with Mark Ingram uh, recently being traded to the New Orleans Saints and Brandon Cooks voicing his displeasure with it with, uh, you know, an expletive on social media. You know, it just doesn't look good. You don't know where the Houston Texans are going. Uh, It just just does not look good. Man, oh, man. And then you have the owner, of course, uh, or one of the people in ownership, you know, of course, using a a term this weekend in a golf tournament or a term in a golf tournament. And boy, oh, boy, just just a mess down there in Houston right now, you know, to go along with – you know, Deshaun Watson rumors of him leaving or him being traded or any of that nature. And boy, oh boy, we'll see if some direction is found because the only direction, honestly, right now that Houston Texans is going in, it's anywhere but up. And that means all the way down. Mm-mm-mm. As far as the two teams that were picked to win the division or in some different, you know, different places, different places you had one, different places you had the other. One of those teams, the Indianapolis Colts, they went out and visited the San Francisco 49ers, won the game in a pretty much a rainy, kind of sloppy game. Uh, of course, they improved to three and four, and they are taking on the Titans this week, hosting them at Lucas Oil Stadium. Big game, going to be a physical game, and they're going to have to stop that guy. His name is Derrick Henry. If anyone recalls, the last time he played in Indianapolis, he scorched them on the ground. I mean, he literally went off. So I'm pretty sure from this game, from the last, game, last time he was there, as well as this game, uh, previous game this season, the the Colts are, are looking forward to or are looking forward to trying to stop him if they can. 
I mean, I'll say this for all the bad things the Chiefs did last week. They did slow him down. But we'll see what happens. Of course, they're missing Julian Blackman, who is a physical safety. If Sandeo is back there at safety, boy, oh boy, he, he might want to say a few prayers if he's coming down the box to stop Derrick Henry. Because I don't see it happening. But, hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, on the opposite side of the ball, you've got Carson Wentz playing well. I mean, what, 11, 12 touchdowns, one interception. He's not playing hero ball, but, you know, at any point in time, it could potentially happen. As long as he can limit those type of things, he gives them the best chance to win, and he gives his, you know puts his team in position. And, of course, you do have to get the ball to the second-best running back in the AFC South. That's Jonathan Taylor. He's a man on a mission, and some might say that he's the second-best back in the NFL besides – Derrick Henry, look at his numbers. They don't lie. (laughs) All right, Uh, so that'll be an interesting matchup. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, last but not least, since the Jacksonville Jaguars were on a bye week, they defeated the bye week, y'all. They defeated the bye week. But uh, since the Jacksonville Jaguars were on a bye week, uh, we'll talk about the Tennessee Titans, who dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if anyone saw that score coming. They probably saw a Titans win potentially, but they didn't see that kind of domination coming. I mean, 27 points in the first half. Chiefs only getting three points for the game. I don't think anyone saw that happening, but, you know, the Chiefs uh, got dominated and they've got some issues to work out. Uh, Titans come out there, didn't run the football well, but the play action pass game was working. A.J. Brown is getting stressed. Two good games back to back. I mean... Looking like the, the Titans are kind of finding themselves just a little bit more. And maybe if they can get all those components going, you never know what can happen with that offense. Defensively, I mean, there's three guys. You've got to look at Danico Autry. Excuse me, there's uh yeah, there's three guys. There's three guys. You gotta look at Danico Autry, David Long Jr., and you gotta look at Harold uh Harold Landry the third. Those three guys are essential to that Titans defense. I'll throw in Jeffrey Simmons as well. But they're playing so very well right now. And they were all over the place when it came to this game. So those three, four guys will be key. And they keep the energy up. They continue to play well. And, hey, Danico Autry is going back to play in the stadium he used to call home last year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there and, and how he plays the first matchup. Pretty solid, and he's been just gaining steam every week uh, as the tag team partner for Jeff Simmons inside and, of course, in various different alignments. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what kind of alignments they bring this week going against Jonathan Taylor, who, as I mentioned, second best back in the ASC South, and some might think he's the second best back in the NFL. So there we go. It'll be a battle of wills. In Indianapolis, both teams featuring the running game. And like Kevin Byard said, uh, said earlier this week, you better bring your big boy pads. Going to be a lot of pads popping in this game. That's your rundown for the week. Hopefully, uh, oh, and for Jacksonville, I'm sorry. I did forget Jacksonville. They didn't play this week, but they do face the Seattle Seahawks. Mr. Griffin goes uh, against his former team. It'll be interesting to see, of course, uh, Geno Smith is 
still manning the Seattle Seahawks team in the absence of Russell Wilson, who is dealing with a uh, surgery he had on his hand to repair a tendon. So it'll be interesting to see how Seattle comes out. I mean, they do have more talent, in my opinion. It just depends on do they leave the game in Geno's hands or not. If that happens, we saw two straight games. Geno's not necessarily the guy that's going to lead a last-second charge. So if Jacksonville can get up, maybe, just maybe, they can cause a little havoc and send the Seattle Seahawks to a third straight loss. We'll see. We shall indeed, indeed see. All right, that's a rundown of the AFC South, Week 7, and then looking into Week 8. We're going to take a, take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be speaking with the Athletics' Brandon Howard. You're tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. This Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. And, you know, fantasy football is literally everywhere. It's everywhere. Everyone's playing it. Just about every workplace has a a league or fantasy football league set up. Of course, you know, plenty are pretty deep in their season or halfway through their season at this point. Uh, Some happy and some are sad. You know, maybe me because I'm in the last place in my league. But, you know, but uh, (laughs) – Uh, my guest today writes uh, fantasy sports for the athletic and does it very well, might I add. Welcome to the show, Brandon Howard. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. It's an honor to be on with you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, it, the honor is all mine. The pleasure is all mine, too. <laughs> all good. Now, of course, we're going to get to the fantasy football talk. But first, let's talk about what you did before you joined the athletic, and that was covering <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. Right. I would be crazy not to ask the Deshaun Watson talk is eating up. Trade talks eating up. Yeah. And Miami is one of the main targets. Of course, uh, you know, just wanted to ask your thoughts on, on the Dolphins uh, potentially getting uh, Deshaun Watson. And because, you know, the rumors have been really hot about him going there. They have. They have. And uh, I guess understandably so, because it's, it's very rare that a quarterback that good and that young becomes available in the prime of his career, you know? So I understand them trying to, to go after it. The rumors have been coming in hot and ha- uh, heavy, but uh, you know, it's hard for me to fathom, you know, them making this, this deal now. Uh, also with all the, the legal allegations pending, um, it's just, it's, it's a lot going on, right? And then, so you've got that hanging over, over your head and over his head. And, um, but in, in the thick of all of this, two is not playing poorly. Like right now, he's not playing poorly. He's playing solid football. And, you know, people go and they talk about the the interceptions that he's had the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, a couple of them, the receivers kind of hung them out to dry and there's miscommunication there and they didn't see the, the, the defense the same way. So, um, you know, he's not playing poorly, but I guess this, this brass, this Dolphins brass 
kind of wants that that dynamic threat at quarterback, it seems like, you know, and that's kind of the way the league is evolving. You know, you want that quarterback that can get out there, make it an 11 on 11 game. And especially given that you don't really have a run game to speak of either. So the quarterback helps that if the quarterback can also run, too. And it makes the rushing lanes wider for the running back. So I think that that definitely helps. So I understand why they want to go after that. Um, but, you know, it's hard for, for Tua to stick around, especially now, given the fact that, you know, it's it's well known that this Dolphins brass has been poking around at another quarterback. You know, it's, it's I it would be hard for me to see this pass, this this trade deadline passing and them not, you know, making a deal. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it would definitely be interesting to watch. Uh, now that we've got that question out of the way, yeah, let's get to some fantasy football. How did you get into the fantasy football talk and especially just fantasy football writing? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, the athletic was looking for more of a X's and O's slant to fantasy football. So, you know, given the fact that I do have experience, I, I played the game. Um, and there's some things that I am able to see from X's and O's uh, perspective. So they were looking for that and uh, they asked for a sample writing and I put that out there. Yeah, they, they liked what I was able to do. And I've been writing fantasy for them uh, for the last for the three years now. So it's been cool. It's been a nice, fun adventure. Awesome. Awesome, man. I, I can only imagine just the, the, the different ideas that pop up when you when you talk about writing fantasy football. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's definitely different from, you know, covering the game itself, but you also get to talk about the talent and how you project the talent to perform. And that's what I enjoy most. Gotcha. Gotcha. And of course, you know, it's in full swing, but uh, let's go a little backwards. Uh, as a fantasy football expert, which I'm going to call you a fantasy football expert, <laughs> uh, what would you say is the biggest rule of fantasy football you have to follow? I'd say um, bet on talent. You know, I, I, I say bet on talent. That's definitely one of the things you, you look at, but you also have to see how that talent marries with the team that they're on. So, um, you know, how does that jive with the quarterback, the offensive philosophy, all those things you must take into consideration. So that to me, um, the talent combined with where this particular player actually lands and the scheme he's in, those are things that I think are most important when it comes to fantasy football. Gotcha, gotcha. And we got a, uh, somebody that hit us up at the uh, AFC South inbox said, uh, just going back to our previous uh, conversation, uh, Tua said today, I don't feel wanted. I don't feel not wanted. It's a tough situation to be in. It's business, but it's being poorly handled by the team, in my opinion. That's from Habiba, actually. Wow. She is from Toronto, Ontario, actually joining us. Wow. Okay. So, yes. Uh, if, if those that are watching don't know, I do have uh, an AFC South inbox where people can drop questions and comments while the show's going on. Excellent. Excellent. She's not alone. A lot of people feel the exact same way she feels. Right, right, right. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, what's one of the biggest no-nos in fantasy football? Um, I would say, I, so let's, let's take the whole Miles Gaskin, uh, example. Um, you know, people had him as kind of like a fantasy sleeper because of the way he finished last season. Right. But you gotta, again, look at the situation he's in. He's with a head coach who believes in more of a by committee approach. So he's not going to continue to get the, the carries and the touches that he was getting 
towards the end of the pre previous season. It's just not going to happen that way. So um, he's more of a situational guy. He's not a guy that can pass protect, which is most important, not most important, but it's very important to Flores, right? So you have to take the situation into account. And so if you are one of those that say, oh, I'm just going to take this running back because I believe in the talent. Well, you neglected to take a look at where the player plays and who he plays for. Um, another example uh, would be Nelson Aguilar, right? You know, he had a kind of a breakout season last year. And a lot of people said, okay, more of the same. But then you look at who's his quarterback, right? So it's going to be a lot of check downs. The philosophy is a lot different than what he was in with, with, uh, with the Raiders. So you, you just got to take all of those things into consideration. You can't just look at the talent alone. You have to look at where they are. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, bye weeks, that's always a big thing. It's a big yeah. thing right now. Now, <laughs> when is the best time for, to prepare for bye weeks for your players in terms of picking someone up? It, it, it's, it really begins when you're drafting. It begins there. You know, you I see a lot of the times, you know, uh, a lot of fantasy players make the mistake of, hey, well, I like this wide receiver tandem. Right. So I'm going to get all of the, you know, the action here with these two players. Doesn't work that way when you've got to buy and both of those players are missing. So it starts there at the draft. And then I would say when you go down as the season goes along, you say say you have a key player that you want to make sure, um, you know, you can supplement once they have a bye week. Well, you start looking at that, scouring the waiver wire, you know, two, three weeks in advance, see who you can pull off and who you can get to supplement that. So that's uh, the way that I would tend to play it. And I know a lot of friends that kind of do the same. Gotcha, gotcha. We have another actual, uh, we have a question this time from the inbox. Uh, how did you get into fantasy football? It, it was just kind of, it was on a whim. It was on a whim. Uh, it was not really something that uh, I'd considered. And honestly, um, it's funny because I have uh, a lot of people that are really big into fantasy and, but they're also former players. Right. So the thing that they always say is like, man, if you, if you know the game, the more, the better, you know, the game, the worse you perform in fantasy football. Right. Because it's just like, you know, too much. And then it's just like, a lot of information that you have really doesn't work or benefit you in fantasy football. And that's why you see it every year, right? The first year person that's ever played in fantasy football, they win the league. How does that happen? Right. It's because ignorance is bliss. You just don't know any better. So um, things tend to kind of work in your favor, the less, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but um, you know, that I, I just really uh, tend to, to just go off of my instincts, the things that I, I've, you know, I know about the game and, you know, it does help me, you know, here and there so that that's how i got into fantasy and um you know it's 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 a we have a good time with it you know and it's it's one of those things year round every year we just can't wait to get to gotcha okay now i know a lot of people don't know this and a lot of people will think about this and a lot of people will shop players in and out right when's the time to give up on the player you selected for your team i know i've had one or right. two that i've given up on already but you know i'd love to hear your expert opinion on that so um, you tend to look at the trends, right? The way the player is trending. Um, and then what I tend to do is you got to look at the matchups. You got to look at how it's coupled with the matchups moving forward here throughout the season. So when I see a player is trending down and I look at who they're going up against and the type of defense they're going up against, the type of scheme, whatever it is, um, you know, 
I tend to I'll drop that player if I don't like those matchups moving forward. Um, and so if I feel like, hey, what, what's happening with this player? It's it's correctable. Um, the offense can get it together as they move along. Um, it, it's more of a flukish type thing. It's an aberration. That's when I'll hold on. So it's really dependent upon whether or not you feel like what's happening currently will continue to happen throughout the rest of the season as you look forward, you know, through the rest of the schedule. Or if you feel like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I, I think this is this is something that they can get over and the player can can get better as the season moves along. Oh, and I guess you must be a popular guy because we have another question in the fantasy in the uh, for fantasy football in the AFC South inbox. This one from Joe Cardoso. Uh, so far, who is your biggest fantasy football league surprise? Ooh, uh, biggest fantasy football league surprise. Um, you know what? This is a player I love, but I gave up on because um, I felt like offensive coordinators just weren't creative enough to make sure that, A, the player stayed on the field down in and down out, and B, um, are they going to get the the touches uh, necessary? Are they going to use them in a creative fashion? And that's uh, Cordero Patterson. Um I had him. I just felt like, okay, well, every team that ever gets him, they just don't know what to do with him. They don't know what to do. Either they put him all in at running back or they put him all in at receiver and totally make him work entirely too hard to get the football in his hands. Right. So that's the guy I feel like, you know, he, he really shocked me. He shocked me this year. Not just because I know what he can do as far as his ability is concerned, because Tennessee gave us the blueprint when he was at the university. We knew how what I knew how to use them. I'm not a coach, but you know, you just gotta, gotta keep that guy on the field and don't make him work too hard to get the ball in his hands and big plays will happen. And now we're seeing that he finally has a coach who knows what to do. him. so yes, definitely Cordero Patterson. Well, check Mark in my box. Cause I have him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're winning right now. Good job. Well, well winning in some aspects. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, of course on average, uh, you know, I would say, you know, how often would you say a fantasy football player picks up uh, someone off of waivers? Ooh, um, so throughout a season, uh, the course of a season, and um, this is just fact, um, anywhere between uh, 30 and uh, 40 times in a given season. Um, you know, that's that's uh, what, what tends to happen, and, and I get it, right, because – you know, you, you see the way a player's performing and it's like, yeah, I got to get rid of that, you know, and then you start packaging deals, you know, what's, what's going to happen. So um, I, I really um, think it's, it's anywhere between, you know, 30 and 40, 40 range. Gotcha. That's a lot. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, thought yeah. that high. No, <laughs> it, it is indeed that high. People are active, man. <laughs> active. Wow. Um, of course, you know, I had to get the fancy football questions in, but I, of course I have to narrow it down to the AFC South. We know Derrick Henry is a fantasy football gold mine with the carries and production each week. Right. But what I want to know is some guys that no one thinks about but are fantasy football diamonds within the AFC South. Oh, AFC South? Wow. Um, ooh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I, I really couldn't think of anyone AFC South-wise, but um, as far as just the NFL in general, um, Earl Henderson was a guy that uh just as far as fantasy is concerned i i, I love him you know he's gonna find he's gonna hit pay dirt at least once every week and uh he's finally getting the carries and he's a guy that i didn't think was um i thought he was better than um than cam Akers. um i really did just as far as the pure back is concerned i really did so um 
I, 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 I'm big on him. You know, I think he's going to be be a pretty good player moving forward here, and, and excellent in you know football in general, and excellent for fantasy. One guy, one guy I do think of while, while we're talking is Naheem Hines. He's a guy I think is, is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think he's gotten quite the touches he expected this year, but he right. can be a guy that can be explosive. He just hadn't had that one game that put him there. Yeah, right. Um, and you know, much like um, you know uh, Alvin Kamara, right? Alvin Kamara is 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 more of a, a a receiver, you know, than anything else. You know, he as far as running the football, yeah, it, it's he doesn't really find too many rushing lanes. Um, it's difficult for him to create behind the line of scrimmage, but he's more more a receiver, and that's that's his value. And I feel like Naeem Hines can do some of the same things given the opportunity. But now you see Jonathan Taylor, who is really it's hard to take him off the field because he's actually coming into his own as a receiver. So it's tough, you know, and so if anybody is is anywhere close um, to the production level that uh, Derrick Henry is having, it, it would be Taylor. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a lot of talk about those two this week with them, though, the Colts yeah. and the Titans playing each other. For sure. Now, I'm going to ask you about a guy that got traded to the AFC South. That'd be Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. He's not really given the type of production, you know, some people thought he would this season at fantasy football. Is it time to give up on him at this point, or do you still ride it out? You know what? I, I would say give up on him right now. Um, I know that's not a popular answer. Um, I would, given the fact that um, he – He's got soft tissue injuries a lot, and he's kind of a little later on in his career, uh, on the back end of his career here. And then, you know, the offense is still moving well without him right now, right? So you got um, A.J. Brown, you know, who's who's kind of hitting his stride now. So you mean to tell me, you know, you, you're going to stop looking his way? No, he's going to right now get the lion's share of targets. You know, that's the way it's going to go. Um and a lot of Julio Jones fans and fantasy owners, they're going to be upset because, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to continue to just turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry. And then also, you know, you got A.J. Brown, who's getting better week after week. And then it's going to be tough to integrate um, uh, Julio Jones back into the offense. So um, I, I I would kind of cut bait. I, I mean, cut bait. He may have a spike here and there, but as far as consistent production throughout the year, it's going to I feel like it's going to be tough for him. Well, you know, a lot of Titans fans are not liking that one, but yeah. as, long, as long as it gets them towards the main goal and he's healthy towards the end of the season, right? Yes, fantasy football, no, they're not gonna like it. Right. Now, <laughs> another guy that that is battling has been battling injuries this year, but is definitely you know on the other side of that uh, for the last couple of games is Carson Wentz. Yeah. Of course, you know he's had a rough couple of weeks to start the season, but he seems to be coming around. Uh, you know, I would say if he isn't claimed by anyone, would he, would you say someone fantasy football uh, player should definitely take a look at right now? Um, it, it's it's really tough. Um, I feel like you know he, his confidence is building right now, um, and, and he's getting a little bit better as far as his decision making is concerned. You don't see him making the the costly turnovers so much anymore, but he will turn the ball over. Um, I feel like their best bet right now is to, again, turn around, hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. To me, he's the best player on their team. Um, and so if they take the Tennessee Titans approach, right, 
and just let him go off a of play action every every now and then. Let and people take this the wrong way when we say game manager. He is a game manager. That's that's what he needs to be in order for a team to get the the best out of him. He, he can't be the guy that takes the the game into his hands and tries to, and wins the game. He's not you know on the same tier right now of you know a, a lot of quarterbacks that we all mention. You know like a Lamar Jackson, like a. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, like a, a Pat Mahomes, a guy that you can put the ball in their hands and ask them to go win the game. He's he's not in that tier right now, um, but he is a guy like a Ryan Tannehill. And I feel like if you take that approach with him, you can limit his mistakes. And I think that he can be a guy that kind of, you know, puts up some touchdowns and everything like that. But I just don't think he's one of those guys that is going to go win you a game. So um if you want to hold on to him, it's really dependent upon what this coaching staff decides to do with him there. If they're asking him to go win the game, I'd say no. If they're asking him to manage the game, I'd say yeah. Gotcha. Now, I will say this. Uh, you know, uh, the funniest thing I always hear, not the funniest thing, but the thing I always hear when it comes to uh, Carson Wentz and, and uh, Teron Davenport, who covers uh, the Titans for ESPN, right. he always says about uh, Carson Wentz playing hero ball. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm definitely uh, they definitely be cautious there with with the, the hero ball. You never know if it's gonna pop out or not. With right, that. you don't, you don't. Whether it be fumbles or you know just a, a bonehead interception, you just don't know. Right, like uh, I I can't. You know, they gave him a fumble on that play. It looked like an interception to me. Play, yeah, it just it, nah. He, right. he should never have never even thought of doing that. But he, he did. never even attempted that. But he's going to do those things, I guess. Exactly. That's who he is as a person. <laughs> right. Lastly, um, defense is in the division. Right. Any of them, do you think down the stretch can actually help someone win a fantasy football championship? Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans are one. Um, I also think uh, the Bills. Um, Bills are, are one, and uh, the Saints are very opportunistic, and I like that defense. They're aggressive um, and – you know what? I know they're in a tough division. They're in a tough spot there, you know, because they got to see Tampa twice a year. But um, that defense, they're not afraid of anybody. I like their chances. Gotcha, gotcha. Definitely. Uh, I know I took some notes over here, uh, so, you know, so I can maybe help myself get out of the cellar in my fantasy <laughs> football league. <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> I just want to, of course, thank you for your time. Uh, I know you got a busy schedule uh, with everything going on. And, uh you know, where can people find you on social media and what all things you have going on uh, coming up? I should Absolutely. So you can find me uh, at bhoward underscore 81. And um, you can find me um, on The Athletic. I'm going to be putting together a couple uh, articles on, you know, some some playmakers that, you know, I feel like are doing a great job and how they're being utilized and why I expect their uh, upward trend to, to continue. And maybe I'll get into uh, why some of the players like Julio Jones, uh, you know, are kind of seeing a precipitous drop in their production levels. So um, that's kind of the, some of the things we're going to be getting into over at The Athletic. Sounds good. Sounds good. Just want to thank you again for uh, coming on. Thank everybody for tuning in. You've been watching and listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton, and guest, Brandon Howard. <laughs>